As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. But right now, he's a national columnist, USA Today. Dan Walken making the big interview. Award-winning writers, athletes, coaches, the biggest names in sports. It's the Gary Parish Show Big Interview on 92.9 FM ESPN. Dan Walken, we'll get to college football in, in a minute, but I do want to start with tennis because I, I'm actually fired up for this tonight. 6 o'clock Central inside Arthur Ashe Stadium. Carlos Alcaraz, the 19-year-old Spanish phenom in a U.S. Open semifinal against Francis Tiafo, the first American man to reach the Open semifinal since Andy Roddick back in 2006. Is this first? It should be an incredible scene. Do you expect we get one? And secondly, will it be a competitive match? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be interesting and competitive. You know, the crowd is really going to, I think, lift Francis's game up and he's thrived in that environment the last two times he's played. Obviously, if you can beat Nadal in that stage, you can definitely compete. Um, Alcaraz, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like physically. I mean, that match two nights ago was it, it was a brutal match. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen, uh, and a lot of people in tennis have said that. But it was also five hours plus, and you know, he's 19 years old, and that certainly helps you recover. But it was a long, tough physical match. What does he feel like today? Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of adrenaline flowing through his body, and I, I think he'll be all right. He's definitely the better player. He's definitely had more experience in the big, big stages, even though he's only 19. He's, he's several years younger than Francis. But Francis's game will, will hold up well, and I think he'll be in the match, uh, but I don't expect him to win. Um, help uh, people who don't follow tennis uh, too closely understand just how big of a deal it is that that an American man is is in the U.S. Open semifinals playing in primetime tonight. Well, it's been a long time. It's not been a great period for American men's tennis. You've had several guys kind of in that top 30. Uh, you've had John Isner, who's been kind of a fringe top 10 player uh, for a lot of his career. He's kind of aging out of the sport a little bit. Uh, but Isner never really looked like a huge threat to win a Grand Slam title. He made one Wimbledon semi. 
I think back in 2018 or 2019. And really, it's just been like a bunch of guys who were kind of, you know, good enough to, to get, you know, maybe as high as 10 in the world, but they just haven't been able to break through. Uh, they've just been kind of that cut below. And, and look, Francis is now several years into his career. He's had a nice run. He's a top 20 player. Uh, but he's only won one ATP title, and it was in 2018 at Delray Beach, uh, one Grand Slam quarterfinal before this U.S. Open. So this is new territory for him. He's played extremely well. He's had a tough draw. He's beaten uh, Diego Schwartzman, uh, Nadal, and Andre Rublev, three like legit top 20 players in a row to get here. Uh, so it's it's really incredible the tennis he's put together uh, the last week and a half, but this is definitely kind of above the ceiling for what a lot of people thought he could be. Uh, but then again, you know, he's only 24, and maybe he is going to take this and uh, become a more regular guy at the later end of Grand Slam. Certainly from an American perspective, you hope so, because it's just been, I mean, it's almost unfathomable that a country that, that kind of dominated the sport, produced so many great players, has, has kind of had this kind of drought. Well, let's expand on that because it is interesting. I was thinking about this the other night. You know, in my childhood, American men's tennis players, we had Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, Jim Currier. Before that, John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. And now it's like nothing. And it reminds me a little bit of, you know, in in my childhood, we had, you know, Mike Tyson and other relevant heavyweight players. American boxers, champions, and now it's like, you know, basically nothing. Is there an explanation for why we do not have elite men's tennis players in this country anymore? Because I saw something, and you'll know this if it's incorrect, but uh, something on Twitter the other day just floated by me, like 50 of the past 51 men's Grand Slams have been won by European players, something crazy like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Um Look, obviously, the best American male athletes, generally speaking, are not playing tennis. You know, they're playing football, basketball, uh, baseball, other sports. It's a sport that requires, you know, a lot of years of of training, and um, it's expensive to uh, travel around the world and play the big junior tournaments. Uh, But, you know, not everybody who's reached the highest level in the sport who's European comes from money. In fact, a lot of them don't. I mean, the, the stories, you know, Roger Federer was middle-class uh, upbringing. Uh, Djokovic came from a war-torn country where they didn't have very much. You know, I think there's maybe something to the idea that um, a lot of the Europeans train and grow up playing on clay, which is a surface where you have longer points. You maybe learn a little bit more how to build points. Uh, and, and strategize through points, whereas, you know, in America, it's a lot of hard courts, and we've prioritized serve, forehand, and that's kind of been the stereotype of American players. Big serve, big forehand, and then not much else in their game. Um, and then maybe it's just cyclical, and it, the reality is the last two decades have been dominated by three guys, you know, and, and so when they recede as they are right now, we'll see some more Americans get to the brink of, of that kind of greatness. But it's, it's an interesting question, and if people had the answer, uh, they'd certainly try to change it because certainly the USTA spends a lot of money trying to develop 
kids into major champions, and it's just been a really long time on the men's side since it's happened. Talking to Dan Walken from USA Today. One last thing on tennis. Tomorrow we get the women's final. Um, it's Iga uh, Sviatek uh, trying to win her third Grand Slam, first U.S. Open. She is a 21-year-old, uh, number one ranked player in the world, who is on the verge and obviously favored to win her third Grand Slam tomorrow. And I swear to you, I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention her ever, <laughs> ever in my like ever. Uh, like this is the first time maybe anybody's ever talked about her on radio. What what is it about her that she doesn't seem to? And I, I might be just misguided on this. She doesn't seem to resonate in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I, I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, it's it's definitely been a sport dominated by uh, some women who, for whatever reason, have um, you know kind of become more culturally significant mainstream. Um, Iga's really good. She's, you know, she's 21. She's an incredible athlete. Her movement uh, is, is remarkable. I think maybe some of it is a lot of her uh, success early in her career came on clay. Uh, she kind of broke through big time at the French Open in 2020, which was the year that they moved it to the fall because of COVID. So, you know, people really weren't watching or paying attention. She had a 37 match winning streak earlier this year, uh, which encompassed, um, tournament in, in, out in California, Indian Wells, big tournament in Miami, uh, and then, uh, won the French Open. And then she's kind of dropped off a little bit, but yeah, like she's, she's awesome and, you know, really good personality, really, um, she just seems like a really cool girl, and yet for whatever reason, for American audiences, she hasn't broken through. But you know, that may change a little bit tomorrow. It uh, certainly seems like it, it, it might. I'm talking to Dan Walken from USA Today. Let's go to college football. I actually haven't talked to you since it was announced the college football playoff is going to expand to 12 teams. Uh, generally speaking, do you like the plan? Uh, yeah, I think the plan's fine. Um, I think there's definitely issues with it. I'm not a fan of pushing the end of the season later uh, because I just think already it butts up too far against the NFL playoffs, and I think that diminishes college football's kind of hold on, on the marketplace. I really have always believed college football's best way to finish the season is on New Year's Day. If you can make a season that the final game is New Year's Day, I think that's the best possible way to run college football. Do whatever you want before that and figure out the way you need to do the bracket before that. But I just feel like, and I've just noticed this the last few years, going up against the NFL playoffs is just a losing proposition for them. But, look, 12 teams, it's, it's a number that, that makes sense when you look at the fact that the SEC uh, wants more at-large bids because they feel like that will help more of their teams get in. And then the other conferences want automatic access uh, in some way, so that you're not having the Pac-12 champion excluded for six years in a row or whatever it is. So I just think it's the sweet spot that everyone can agree on. Uh, I, I don't love the fact that the quarterfinals are going to be played in, in bowls. I think the quarterfinals should be on campus, but that's a you know that's a relatively minor complaint. Overall, they had to do this. They were leaving a lot of money on the table. And I think they did it in a way that, that people will embrace and will involve a lot of teams that have not traditionally uh, been involved in the playoff before. Um, whether it was Georgia completely overwhelming Oregon or anything else, was there something that surprised you from week one of college football? It went pretty much according to form uh, from, you know, from my perspective. 
Uh, obviously, Georgia looked great. You know, Ohio State uh, I did not look all that visually impressive against Notre Dame, but I actually think it's a good sign for them that they didn't need to score 55 points to win a game, which has kind of been the Ohio State problem the last couple years. They just have had such a bad time on defense that, that their offense gets put in under so much pressure. So I, I'm sure that Ryan Day uh, and all the staff at Ohio State were actually pretty pleased that they won a tough game against a physical team that, that kind of uh, stymied their offense a little bit. You know, And I, I think they'll get better and, and more free-flowing offensively, but if they have a real defense, then that definitely makes me think a little bit differently of Ohio State. I'm not sure they're in the Georgia-Alabama class, but at least it would give them a chance to compete with those teams in a one-game scenario. Tomorrow, among the big games in primetime, Kentucky at Florida. Florida, of course, coming off of a a pretty significant victory in week one. Is it possible that that Billy Napier's got a – um, a really high level might compete for SEC East title in year one in Florida? Well, what he has is a high level elite quarterback, and that helps you get a good part of the way there. Anthony Richardson is amazing. Uh, he has definitely got some, you know, some Cam Newton, Vince Young type uh, vibes to the way he plays and the physicality he brings to the position. He can run. He's just so big and strong. So that, that gives them a, a huge chance to be pretty good. Uh, now it makes you wonder what the heck Dan Mullen was doing last year, kind of futzing around with the quarterback position and not really committing to Anthony Richardson, even though everybody knew he was the future of that job over Emory Jones. But um, Mullen did not commit to him, and it probably cost him his job. And now you get Billy Napier in there. That was a really good win against Utah. I wasn't surprised because it's just it's hard to play in that environment, first game at home, if you're coming especially from, from the West Coast. Uh, now we'll see how they back it up. I think it's a different challenge. Kentucky's a team that's given them some problems the last few years. Kentucky's very good. Uh, it's, it's a little bit different kind of opponent. And I just feel like maybe there, there could be a little bit of a letdown factor. I, you know, I think Florida celebrated that win pretty hard last week but if they can back that up and be Kentucky that that's an awful good start for for Billy Napier. Wrapping up here with Dan Walken from USA Today last thing before I let you go Tennessee blew out Ball State moved to 24th in the AP poll they're at number 17 at Pitt tomorrow and this is one of those situations where the lower ranked team is on the road and actually still a six-point favorite you are you a believer in the Vols tomorrow on the road? Yeah, I am, mostly because I don't really know what to make of Pitt at this point. I think I kind of know what Tennessee is, uh, and, and they were just as explosive offensively in week one as, as advertised. Uh, so I know what we're going to get from them. I think Pitt's just a – they're in kind of a weird spot. They you know, kind of gutted out that game against West Virginia uh, last Thursday night, and, and that was a nice win to start their year, but it's definitely – a much tougher opponent for them with Tennessee coming in. And they're, they're going to be really stretched and challenged vertically to slow Tennessee down, and I'm not, I'm not really sure they can do it. That is Dan Walken from USA Today. Make sure you're reading him, usatoday.com. Follow him on Twitter. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com.